everybody, welcome back to another episode of Broadway Babies. I'm Noelle Hannibal. And I'm Stephanie Anderson. Our guest today is the supremely talented Drew Galing. Welcome to Broadway Babies, Drew. It is so great to be here with you guys. Uh, Drew, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey into the arts. Well, I, I'm, I was born and raised, oh God, I don't believe it just started that way. It started like, <laughs> I went way back as if like I come from this like, you know, dynasty of showbiz. No, not, not at all. No, not at all. Um, I, um, I'm from North Carolina originally and I grew up doing, um, like I, I, I would imagine like a lot of people just some, the old community theater. And I didn't realize honestly that like acting was a job or theater was a job job until, um, honestly, until I went to college and I studied at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. And while I was there, I, ha I took a summer internship at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. And that was honestly the first time that I'd ever met a bunch of professional actors, like people who had insurance and <laughs> families and um and like kind of had like a yearly schedule where they would like kind of go do organ shakes for eight months or ten months and then do utah for four months and then like um and then kind of rinse and repeat for the year and uh and it was really kind of that just made it real you know and so from that point on i was like oh this is a real um profession and a and a career path more than something that I just really enjoy to do, enjoy, enjoy doing. And um, so I moved to New York uh, right after I graduated from college and um, had lived here kind of intermittently with um, some places, with some other uh, times when I was kind of touring with shows or, or working out of town, but, um, uh, and have kind of been a New York City actor ever since, kind of just cutting my teeth on, uh, on off-Broadway and regionally and certainly on Broadway and uh, in television and film that's kind of shot here and weirdly also all over the world. So um, that's been kind of, that's, that's kind of the nutshell. That's the, that's the, the, the short version, right? The short version, that's okay. <laughs> we yeah. like the short version. We also like the long yeah. version, whatever. You huh. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a little bit from um, my dear friend, Lance Roberts, who has this great new YouTube show called Broadway's Calling. I don't know if you've heard yeah. about it, but yeah. So I love, um, I love, I've known him since I was 12. We've been friends. Have you really? Forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how does that, wait, explain that connection really quick. So he was in LA doing Cats in the, in the 80s and yeah. um my sister was friends with him and she would have like a rooftop party every summer and then i think i was maybe like 15 or 16 when we actually became friends because i'd been doing theater in school and stuff like that and we sat one 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 time on the roof and just like talked about theater it's you mm. know however many you know 35 or whatever years later and um yeah, and we're, uh, we've become really good friends. Like, I go down and see him in whatever he's doing. And um, he was one of our first, one of our first, he was our first three-hour yeah. conversation, that's for sure. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a two-part episode, because it was just like. It's amazing yeah. How, yeah. how different everybody's journey is. And 
but there's also so many similarities between them. It's fascinating to to listen to those. Yeah, yeah it, it's the art certainly tends to attract like a unique, um, but not and but in no way the same personality type. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah, kind of why I love. That's I mean that's why I love theater people is that uh, is that it's just a bunch of like specific individuals that you cannot find anyone like that person really anywhere. And generally Perhaps pretty, generally this, pretty do weird. Do you want this Jolly Rancher? Oh, I do. Who doesn't? Do you want this Jolly Rancher? Yeah. This Jolly Rancher looks good. We don't have those up here and I miss them. They don't make Jolly don't Ranchers in Jolly Canada? Ranchers? We don't have Jolly Ranchers up here, no. Oh, so I'm thinking we have to this? buy you some and send you some. I mean, yeah. I, I probably, I should probably have stock in that company for how many Jolly Ranchers I've eaten well, I in my life. Thought you have, there are no Jolly Ranchers. That's we ju oh, this is something that we just got. Did I, I kept the box for a long time, which is ridiculous to keep this kind of a box, but I kept it in case they ever disappear from here again. But we just got these. Oh, <gasps> you just got them? Just. You're in so much trouble. Just. I ate this box in two days just sitting and working in my office because yeah just two days oh. <laughs> i mean i probably would have eaten it in one day yeah well <laughs> yeah we we don't have a lot of things up here but we also have a lot of things that are really really good like our bagels are superior to new york bagels i will i think you're probably correct yeah yeah even better than canters yeah yes definitely better than california bagels and we have, and, and our smoked meat, smoked meat, if you, I don't know if you eat meat, but the smoked meat is like really fantastic. And what else do we have that is superior to? I, I don't want a bagel. Oh, the bagels. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm Oh, and like the, the candy bars, like the coffee crisps and the arrows and, you know, like stuff that it's harder to find in the U.S. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like every time I go to the U.K., I have to get a 99 flake. Because you just can't get those here. Yeah, that's, you know the, that's the, that's pretty niche, but uh, but it's good. I have something for you to put a flake in. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Give it to me. So it's really unhealthy. You take a sprite or a diet Go sprite. Go on. Okay. Okay. Make a, <laughs> make a sprite float with a scoop of vanilla ice cream, and then ah. break up a Cadbury flake on the top and enjoy. Wow. Okay. I'm. I would because never have thought. I would never have thought. I'm in. I, 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 I lived in. I lived in Dublin <laughs> in Ireland in the '90s, and um, that was like a really big thing for people to have. Was a was a Cadbury flake float. They called them, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Flake, okay. Flake float. Flake float. Flake float. Flake sure. Float. Say that three times fast. <laughs> so enjoy that. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Lance, Broadway's Calling, tell us a little bit about your Broadway debut and the process for getting to the point where you were cast in Jersey Boys. Oh, funny. I mean, I was doing a, um, uh, an off-Broadway show uh, at the time called uh, Anne of Green Gables that was written by Gretchen Cryer and Nancy Ford. Gretchen Cryer is John Cryer's mom. I'm getting my act together wow. and taking it on the road. I'm getting my act yeah. together and taking it on the road. Good call. Well done. Good job. I have the, I have the sheet music songbook for, since 1985. I've had that book. Are you yeah. kidding? I saw that with Lola Falana oh, here oh, in wow. LA. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
like yeah. like um yeah that, like they're amazing um yeah. and uh so i'm doing this little show and it was like uh um through theater works right so uh it, this would have been like one of my first shows in new york city i was like barely i think i was making <laughs> negative dollars like it was like i was paying to go to do the show pretty much and um wow. but we were rehearsing at this old kind of place called chelsea studios which uh i don't even is i is i think still like a studio but it was located down in the 20s and um it was that kind of we called it the gauntlet because like every time you were there for an audition you would have to like run into 15 different people that you knew on your way from the front from getting off the elevator to the audition that you were going to so um and, and for some reason we were also rehearsing this uh this this play there so i'm rehearsing the show and across the hall they're having jersey boys auditions and i'm like and i did what you did i crashed the audition on lunch break nice and uh, uh, Tara Rubin her, had, had just hired this woman named Mary Sugarman to uh, to run the entire like Jersey Boys wing of Tara Rubin casting because they at this point like the Broadway show was open and uh, the tour was going to go out and then uh, they were going to also rumored to be doing a Chicago company and then subsequently after that a Vegas company and then they were going to go to Australia and then there was going to be a second tour I mean it was going to it was you know in that time when once every 10 years there's a broadway show that seems to be able to support that amount of business yeah. so i went in and uh and, and sang runaway by del shannon like the wah, 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 yeah. and um and it was the only song that was in my book and i was on lunch i'm like in my rehearsal clothes and uh, immediately they were like, can you come back tomorrow? And I was like, as long as it's on lunch. And, um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I came back the next day and that went well. I don't remember too much about that. But then they were like, okay, the day after tomorrow, we're having this massive dance call for like, that's going to be for the whole team and then call back to the whole team. And so at that point I was like, all right, sure i can do that it was a day off for me but it meant that on my day off i was having to go to work and i went in and i remember dancing next to um jeremy kushner who is now like a has been a friend of mine for years and years and years and years and years but at the time i only knew him as ren from footloose because i like had the footloose cd in my car when i would drive around so i was totally starstruck i'm like dude that's the guy from Footloose. He's dancing next to me. And um, we got through the entire uh, dance call. And I remember it went pretty well. You know, I don't remember. I'm not like the, I'm not like a Barishnikov or anything. I just like, <laughs> uh, but I could, but I could handle this. I was like, okay, this I can do. And then I uh, did my little final call back and left. And the next day I was on, I was walking in the village on the way to the Christopher Street, uh, on, on Christopher Street, on the way to the Lortel where we were doing the play at that point. And my agent called me and told me that I had to pack my bags because I was moving to Chicago the next week. And I essentially wow. had to leave Anne of Green Gables, which was very sad. But then we ended up doing a cast album that, um, is lovely and so i got to do the cast album which was great but uh i ended up leaving and moving to chicago and 
I did that show for on and off for seven years. It's kind of like where I learned how to do this, you know, because you can like train and be in, be a student, but there, there's like a, there's a whole different on the job aspect of, of work that no one really teaches you. Even I mean, even TV and film, right? Like nobody teaches you like, okay, when they're getting this kind of coverage, this is what they're looking for. Right. Oh, when they're like, when, when, if they're shooting the number one on the call sheet and you're number 50, like show up because like, like they need you to give them what they need so they can do their job. And, you know, you don't know that stuff until you're on set realizing like, oh, that's, that's the way you do that. And, you know, that was Jersey Boys for me. It was like years almost of going, okay, this is how you come to work eight times a week and eight how times. you yeah. do a good show every night and how you kind of learn how to keep it fresh and be a good company member. And because uh, people that don't get to do a long running show don't necessarily get that same skill set. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. To yeah, open sure. and close something rather. Yeah. We're still on Jersey Boys train. I just um, was able to watch a the clip of you um, and the company on um, the Emmys, I think it was. I think yeah. that was the Emmys. That was the Emmys, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that was the nice. Emmys. It was the Sopranos year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about um, that night for you and, and all? I mean, that must have been mind-blowing for you. That was crazy. That was one of those weird, weird things. We had, we had, it was because it was right after I'd gotten the job. So I got the job in April of 2007. And that would have been like June, maybe? June-ish, maybe yeah, because that's when the Emmys are around that mm. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were in San Francisco doing the show in San Francisco. And because the Emmys had decided they wanted to do a... Um, a Sopranos tribute, they were like, okay, we need, let's, let's use the Jersey, let's use Jersey Boys. That's a great, that's a great segue. And it just so happened that we, our company happened to be the closest physical company right. to Los Angeles because they wanted the Broadway company, but in order to fly the Broadway company from all of them, from New York to Los Angeles to do the show and then back. And so they don't miss any shows on Broadway would have been outrageously expensive. So what they ended up doing with us was we had to fly the, mo the morning before we hopped on a plane, we flew the entire cast, the entire cast, flew to Los Angeles, got driven to the Shrine Auditorium, did a sound check, drove back to the airport, flew back to San Francisco, uh -huh. did the show that night, woke up oh, the no. next morning, got back on a plane, flew back to LA, did the and, and then actually did the Emmy. So it felt not real, not real in any way, shape or form. Wow. And we caught, we caught like all sorts of flack that year. I think the Emmys as a whole did because remember they shot it in the round. It was the Ugly Betty year. Yeah. Cause I remember we knew, we all knew uh... a bunch of people in Ugly Betty. So like uh, my buddy Yuri was like in the stand, in the stands behind us and everyone's like, you know, making a huge, huge scene and a huge uh, deal out of it. But they were like stuck looking at everyone's back for the entire night. It was really, really, really odd. But uh -huh. that being said, we, you know, you kind of feel like, is this real life? Because you do something that huge and then the show is over and they're like, hey, uh, why don't you guys stay for the governor's ball 
And so suddenly you're kind of paraded through these these doors into a into a massive room where Tony Bennett is is performing a quick set. And you know, it was just <laughs> wacky, utterly nuts. But um I, I that it was like I'm so glad it's recorded. I'm so glad like something like that exists on YouTube. Yeah, you it's, can kind of it is right there. See. It is right there. It's and like there just, he is! No. And you just know that like adrenaline is just coursing through our bodies at the time. I was thinking that as I was watching it. I was thinking that as I was watching it. Like, uh, yeah. he, I mean, just the energy off of it anyway that night. You know, when you have award shows and that kind of thing, the energy is really high anyway. And then as a performer, you're like, okay, okay, I got it. I've got this. I've got yeah. this. we got this. This is good. I've got this. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're at the Emmys. We're at the Emmys. You and I are at the, I mean, that's, that's where <laughs> yeah. my brain would be. It's that's where okay, my brain would like, be. This, oh, totally. And, and this like will compound that because we kind of uh, came out of the ground at the very beginning. Right. Um, and we yes. were kind of revealed inside this kind of round stage thing. But down in the little holding room before we went up on stage, um, James Gandolfini and Edie Falco, and Jamie Lynn were all hanging out, just down there on a couch, just chilling, waiting to go on after we're done. And like, I don't know if this is a rated R podcast, but um, you can say whatever uh, you need. Yeah. Whatever. Jared, Spector, Jared Spector tells the story way better than I do. But um, right as we're about to go on, James Gandolfini looks us in the eye and he goes, hey, guys, don't fuck it up. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> so we did the show. Uh, nuts. What? You were magnificent. Oh, I'm gonna that have to watch that after. I, I I vaguely remember the like that moment, but I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to watch that after. That's great. Yeah. And then the was, music kicks in. Like I love that. The yeah. music kicks in, and you're all, you're probably standing there going, "Oh my god." Puppy! <laughs> oh, Ziggy. hey, doggy. Hi, Ziggy. I have a cat named Bowie, so nice. There we nice. have it. There we go. Ziggy and Bowie. Well, you guys both said that we were going to get interrupted by your pets, and then and then I'm my, my you, little lady is. I don't know where he's. he's well, they're, they're, well, my two are here. They're just me. they're just like knocked out on the floor, though. They're they're not going to oh, engage nice. at this moment. Nice. <laughs> Mine is Bowie like, is no. probably <laughs> snuggled up with my mom. Riley's probably in here, but just not near me. I guess the weird thing about like doing the JB though is is that it wasn't probably like Steph when you did Bear. There's something that's really cool that happens when you're in a show and you realize that that show is going to be a thing. You know, right? Where whereas yeah. like with Jersey Boys, it was like I came on later, so it was already a thing. It was like that was more of a um, the kind of. I, I got to get on the train, which was really, really cool, knowing that it was like, all right, this is this this thing's going places. It's going to be fun. But it's different when you get to show up and go through rehearsals and then go, okay, this is the, the what we've kind of made together and have put in That's all night in tech figuring out is going to be this thing that kids are going to sing for audition songs forever. For, you know, That's like nuts. a whole... whole that's nuts. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole different thing altogether. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that whole yeah. train rolling off the station was something because we didn't even think, well, Damon had the vision that mm -hmm. 
he was going to make it a show because it initially was just a staged reading. That's what we were going to do. I mean, that's what mm -hmm. we were contracted to do. So I was like, okay, but you know, later on that, that week of the staged reading, um, we were approached and said, okay, so if this goes off really well, would you, would you stay on to do if we, if we put it on its feet and we actually did a show? Wow. So I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. That's what happened. And then it just, it, it, that I, I knew the minute we did that, I think the last reading, or we did a couple of readings, we had a couple of nights, I think. Something, something clicked in me and I knew, I said, this is gonna be, this is gonna be something. I'm not sure what that something is, but this is gonna be something. Yeah, yeah, That's and that right. makes it, lines, yeah. It was insane. And then we did the show and then lines around the block. I mean, we would come in, you know, uh, for shows, the show night, and we'd see this line around this block and we were like, well, who's coming? But what show are they going to see? Because yeah. at the Hudson, there are you know three different three different um, theaters in that in that building at the Hudson, and so we were like, oh, maybe they're going to see you know the Improv or something like that that was going on. No, they were all it, no. This is no. Bears Line. I was like, what? what? <laughs> wow, that's it's so crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then the and the, and the off Broadway met, mindset like, too. The off Broadway mindset too is like, okay, this is usually a stepping stone to something else or like you know hopefully right. we'll, we'll kind of be able to parlay this into something else and then so rarely is it the thing and that's it's crazy awesome. yeah and then the people that i met like i mark ruffalo i spent like i think i talked to him after the show for like 30 minutes oh. right but this is before he was like mark ruffalo i mean this yeah is like, but yeah. 13 right? going on 30 mark ruffalo right yeah right the kids well, are and then, mark ruffalo. oh yeah well, and, then I show, and then he shows up in movies i was like wait a minute i know that, I know that guy <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird yeah but yeah, it, yeah um but i'm sure you've had that feeling with waitress i mean <laughs> that show just gets me every time it just yeah it, it, no I, and i I completely get it. And like Waitress was funny because we, uh, I, I remember like, because we had, there were, okay, there were two versions of it, right? One was the out of town version. One is like, you're in Boston doing a show away from your family, out of town, and it sells out at, you know, at, for the regional production. And you're like, okay, great everything's going to Broadway. Awesome. Awesome. That'll be great. That'll be super fun. Wonderful. And then, uh, but I remember being in rehearsals and right before we started previews talking to Chris Fitzgerald, um, because him, he and Nick Cord the Nick Cordero, the wonderful, wonderful Nick Cordero, um, shared a, a dressing room right next door to us. And we, um, uh, would, would kind of sit down and go like, all right, what do we think? Do we think six months? We, six months, right? Like that, that seems like a safe bet because, you know, as a Broadway actor, you're kind of thinking like, all right, how long am I going to be working? Uh -huh. How long is this job going to go? Because like it might, because I've been in a broad, I did a Broadway show where we lasted less than a month. Like on a clear day, you can see for a month and a half. Like it was, it was, and so like, you know, you're kind of thinking, all right, it, I don't want to get my hopes up, but 
we feel like we might have something cool here. And then the minute we started previews, we were like reading that we were breaking bo like house records for the theater. And our advance was like exploding. And we were going, we were kind of getting the idea that we were going to be there for a while, which was really nice considering we opened in the same year as Hamilton, mm -hmm. you know? So, right. so we knew, we knew we weren't going to like get a ton of awards love. We knew that our biggest selling points were not going to be come see the hottest new Broadway show of the season. We had like a specific niche that we were going for and our producers were smart as whips and they knew how to kind of get people in the door that they were trying to get in the door and it like worked like gangbusters and we had the best freaking time doing it like i i have never had such a good time on a show well maybe on almost famous but uh like i, I never had such a good time as, as as what it was to see that rocket that was waitress just go off i've never seen a broadway show four times until waitress four times four times nice. because Amazing so show. it it i had gone to New York to see Lance in the Robert Bridegroom. Yeah. And to see uh, Michael Cerveris is somebody I've also known since I was a teenager in Fun Home before that, because that was closing like not long after. And um, I met up with my friend Hope, who, um, Hope, who was actually the stage manager for the, um, for Rock of Ages for years and for the LA production that they were supposed to do this year. Um, yeah. and she happened like randomly, I was on Facebook. I'm like, wait, you're in the city. Me too. So we decided to meet up and go try and get, um, standing room for waitress. Cause we couldn't get, like, we went to TKTS and we're like, they're offering us like partial view for 110 bucks. And we're like, no. So we went, yeah. we, were, we were like the last two people to get the standing room um, of that performance. And of course we had our little pies and everything. And oh, I was yeah. just like this, there were many, many things that I identified with in that show, like little things that I could pick out of many different characters. And I wanted to go back and see it like sitting down. So I went back a few months later and I was in like the third row or something like that. And so I saw it a second time. So I saw it with um, with Jesse twice. And then I saw it with um, Kat McPhee once and I saw I had to see it with Sarah. So I saw it four times. Amazing. And I like, I could, I could see it a beautiful show. Ten just, more times. I so absolutely yeah. adore it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was a special one. Yeah, that was a special one. Especially for, like, if you're a parent and you go in and, like, that that show was just meant to gut you. It's just yeah. what it, it meant to do. And it did. Yeah, and it did. And it I mean, did. for so many, yeah, the parent oh. thing that anybody who's been in, um, an abusive, abusive relationship, or relationship yep. um yeah. any anybody who's fallen in love with 
an unavailable person and you know there just there's so many there are so many many right. things in it and the music just like it's never left my cell phone since that cast recording came out like yeah there have been shows that have kind of gone off the you know oh well i'll listen to that at some other point but it's just um i just adore it so much and i just loved your performance so much i it was the first time Aww. i had i had seen you in anything i didn't i d hadn't seen you in jersey boys and um and the uh the the awkwardness of your doctor vomiter as an awkward <laughs> as a as a tall awkward person myself i was like oh, that, yeah. that i would do that with that piece of paper <laughs> that dude's a mess that dude was a mess yeah yeah. I, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed it very That's much. Too funny. That's <laughs> too funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so kind ah. of you to say. Um, we we really kind of um, had a really good time finding how that worked. You know, finding how how you kind of take a a character in that kind of a story and find a way to to act, you know, to actively and interestingly make him um, another option for her character without just having it be that hot guy. You know what I mean? Because just having her go for the first other hunky person that she meets, like, just wouldn't be is is first first of all is not Adrian Shelley's vision. Mm -hmm. Second of all, just doesn't always. Is, is like a little too simple on stage. You know what I mean? It's a little too easy to be like, oh, wow, look at that other hot, wow, isn't isn't that person just so beautiful? Let's, oh, of course they should be together. And instead we decided to kind of approach it much more of from a, from a what, you know, what complements her personality. And, mm -hmm. and, and that kind of ended up, it, our questions were always like, what are we doing that furthers her, that furthers her journey? What what do each of these characters bring to her that makes her that propels her into the next scene, which mm -hmm. is great to do. You know, it's great to get to like look at a play that way um, when you're especially when you're just kind of deciding what it's going to be. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, dude, I I loved working on Waitress. That was a great great time. I'll ask then because. You know, there were there were definitely differences from the film. I, I, I'm a big fan yeah. of the, the film as well. Like, that's something that mm -hmm. I watch pretty regularly. Um, yes. So was, um, had you, like, had you seen the film before where, you, you know, I mean, Nathan Fillion, Castle, um, you know, yes. had, you, had you seen Firefly. the film before? Yes. Has Firefly, yeah, best show on TV ever. I know, right? Still bitter, still bitter. It really does. And then when they release the DVDs and they put them in the wrong order, pisses me it, right uh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Real problem. Yeah. Real problem. So had you, you know, had you seen the film? Was there, because it, it was, you know, there were, there were lots of differences from the film, but I, as a fan of the film and a fan of the musical, the differences were certainly improvements. Um, to me and, mm -hmm. and fleshing out the characters a little bit more to do it in a, and, a and, and just kind of yeah when you're gonna when you're gonna put something on stage you're looking to um to kind of 
give a little bit more of of an active life in terms of what choices are you making that are visual that, that we can visually see and experience on stage versus oh i can just i can explain that there's history between these two if i just cut to him after she says this thing i mean you know it's without getting in too much to like you know what are the differences in the mediums i i did see uh the film right when we started when we started working on it but i didn't really kind of go back to it that much after after that because i wanted to give myself like a reference point mm-hmm. but i didn't want to get stuck um with a different version of the story you know what i mean because it, then it becomes really easy to uh to kind of have something to fall back on like character history and um really kind of an, just another frankly another reference to kind of fall back on if a question doesn't get answered by the play on stage you know what i mean uh-huh. so um that i think doing that and uh, doing that as a whole kind of is a great way to go because um i I didn't realize this, but I have essentially made a living only doing musicals that are adaptations of movies. This got really weird all of a sudden. Ready for this? 2015, 2015, 2016, Waitress. 2017, Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday. 2018, Dave. 2019, Almost Famous. So, lo- wow. I mean, in, in the case of Almost Famous and Dave, um, we were and uh, we were lucky enough to have the the writers of the film like at our beck and call because cameron you know wrote the wrote the stage play as well mm-hmm. and uh gary who was around a lot who uh wrote the screenplay of, D- of dave um was there to kind of like reference when when nell and i would have a question about like hey what do we think about you know what do we how, how do you kind of play this out of context of film and stuff but um Holy shit, I completely forgot your flight. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. It took me a second. I had a small stroke. Of kind of recognizing that, uh, yeah, the movie is, is great and the movie is great. Um, but what we, but what we were working on was like, was like a completely different version of that. Yeah. So you kind of have to approach it in such a way or else you'll, just be doing a tribute you know what i mean as opposed to a reimagining right right that makes sense um so you you mentioned roman holiday and dave which i did have on my list to discuss both were i remember both um reading i remember when roman holiday when you were doing it in in san francisco and my sister lives in san rafael and i was visiting and and it just it just didn't didn't work out for me to get over to to see that show but i'm a huge fan of that film um but both both were touted like on you know the broadway world and broadway.com and all these things as you know kind of out of town tryout uh to Mm -hmm. potentially come on to to potentially transfer to broadway so neither did um which was disappointing for those of us who were looking forward to them but what was that like for you in terms of i mean obviously there are no guarantees so there's no guarantee that something's gonna transfer um 
but for you having two back-to-back -back shows that um, wound up not making the transfer, what was that uh, like? That's a really, that's a really <laughs> good question. No one's ever really asked me that before. Um, uh, that's like kind of a bit of a bummer, isn't it? it you feel, uh, look, I, working on like a new show is always a one in a million shot. Um, it has to be the right time for that project to happen. And it has to, and then there has to be the right piece of New York City real estate ready and available to go. Like without kind of like breaking it down too much, like um, you can, I can kind of see intellectually why both of those shows were not able to transfer right away. I mean, it, it's like, but it's, but like personally, it does, it does feel like a little, uh, you know, a bit of a letdown because going out of town and working on a new show is, 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 is a lot of work. Is a lot of work and it takes a lot of like time and and energy and uh and and it it takes its toll on like on your family and on and on like just yourself personally and emotionally because you know you're away from home and working on a brand new show will take five years off your life and um whether or not and you only hope that on the other side of 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 that tech process and that creative process that like the thing that you walk away with is something that propels you on to do something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so it, in that way, it does feel like a, it's, it can be like a, 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 like just a slug to the chest of like, okay, all right, well, what's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? But uh, in the case of Roman holiday, I mean, that was tough because it was like in San Francisco, even, we were we sold out the entire run in San Francisco, and um, uh, that didn't really do us any favors because all of those ticket sales were directly tied to um, subscribers for Broadway NSF, and the biggest, the only reason that they had sold the largest number of subscriptions that they had ever sold in the history of Broadway SF or S or, you know, Shorn Hayes, Shorn Nederlander was um, because of Hamilton. So we had a bunch of people coming to see Roman holiday at the golden gate theater. And the last thing they had seen was Hamilton. It's Hamilton. Oh. The, piece, the piece that had changed American musical theater forever. And it's awesome. Hamilton is fucking awesome. I, like I saw it in the public, it's the greatest thing ever. I had like a bunch of buddies that have done it. Like it's so good, but Roman Holiday was not that. It's just right over the plate. It was just like the wrong show at the wrong time for the wrong audience. Mm -hmm. And then with Dave, honestly, Dave was a victim of uh, uh, at the time because Dave is actually still Dave is actually still kind of like circling there, waiting for the right piece of real estate. And now that well, you know, all of this terrible stuff has happened it's it becomes a waiting game to kind of see if the right the right space is going to become available we had the same producer it's a warner brothers uh project so at the time warner brothers had charlie and the chocolate factory open and then was subsequently already um guaranteed that they were going to have to bring beetlejuice in so they didn't have the resources to kind of pull in more than one show at the same time but uh 
uh, are like, and all of the actors involved and the director and uh, our choreographer kind of were all waiting to see what, you know, when the right time was going to be. We kind of end up doing a new reading of it, like every, at least, you know, once every six months to kind of make sure that it's fresh and still there. But it's weird to see that like, does that happen sooner or later? Like maybe after the pandemic, it's the smaller show, there's there's a better space for it and um, maybe it works out. But then in the meantime, you do something like Almost Famous because Tom Kitt calls you and says, hey, we think we're gonna maybe not do Dave right away. Do you wanna come to San Diego and work on this other random show that I'm working on? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So then suddenly we're working on this other show that might go first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if uh, we'll, it's so it's such a fickle thing, and you never really know. But to answer your question, it it doesn't feel great. But uh, but you know, luckily there's always something else to work on, and there's always something else to kind of keep you engaged creatively and mentally. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys hearing my dog play with the? With yeah, the spa right toy. Now? Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> hey, just one second. I didn't know if it was. I didn't know if it was Steph if it was yours or if it was Jews. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know who's talking. Like, like, Ziggy. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a toy. <laughs> um, okay. She, she like squeezes it. I think because she feels like it's something that's alive. <laughs> I don't understand oh. that. That's too good. Anyway. Um. Okay. Almost Famous. So, Almost Famous is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I watch it probably every four or five months, maybe. Um, um, Billy Crudup is the shit in that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, when I heard that there was going to be an Almost Famous musical, I freaked out, but also I was terrified because this is like my, it's like, mine you know yeah and you, know, you never know if it's like is it gonna work is it gonna because because be i've gone to see stuff that have, have been films that i've and you know it's been terrible and um but yeah. you know the creative team obviously with cameron writing the book like you know made me feel a little bit better so i um i was in town uh well i was going into town to visit my godmother um in the fall um she was going through cancer treatment. She sadly passed last month, but um, thank you. Um, I was going into town and I was like, okay, I really want to figure out how I can go see Almost Famous, but I also want to see um, Adam Pascal, who's also a, a longtime friend of mine, who was doing the Music Man at a community theater in Thousand Oaks, California, which is happens to be where my best friend lives, where I always stay. And like, oh yeah, how, Pacific how, Plaza. Yes. So how can which I I did Gypsy there a hundred years ago. So how can I like ma arrange so that my trip happens because you guys were opening right around the time that their his show was closed something like that so i had to like be yeah. tricky with my how i was going to travel and i needed to be there for my godmother but you know i wanted to see these two shows so i i figured it all out and i flew in and so my experience with going to see almost famous was sitting and watching and sobbing through most of it which the man next to me was also sobbing through most of it um being terribly disappointed that i didn't catch one of the newspapers um and um when it ended realizing that it was the absolute perfect 
recreation or reimagining of one of my favorite films on stage that like it's it was the best possible thing of that oh film. you just gave me you just gave me goosebumps like hearing I, you I, talk about it like i'm I, just reliving it now like hearing the, you talk about it and i'm like oh yeah the incorporation of like i'm not going to give anything away but the incorporation of particular songs from the soundtrack of the film into mm -hmm. you know not tiny dancer i'm talking about other music um was so beautiful the choices the, the 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 slight differences the adjustment to the you know i'm gonna go where so many men have gone before you know the adjustment of that yeah. dynamic um all those things were so perfect um and after the show, <laughs> you know, it's like a tiny little courtyard. I'm like, I'm going to wait. This is going to be the moment when I'm going to actually meet Drew in person. So I'm standing outside and um, I, I see Casey and I had to go over and like say hello and take a picture with him and tell it like gush over him. And then I see Paul Wontorek. Paul was there with his boyfriend. And um, so uh, his boyfriend takes a picture of us. I'm thinking, so much, you know, this is so great and you know so that was kind of it and then I grabbed my uber and I went back to the train station and I took the train home and and you did not you did not come out and I was like oh well the, I'll catch him another time I'll catch him when it transfers the bad part about the story this is why it has to make it into the podcast mm -hmm. when I got home mm -hmm. to Montreal and I put my photos on my computer and I was flipping through the photos over my shoulder in the picture with Paul is Cameron. Oh, you missed him. He was there every night. I oh, he was, was there. there. I was so not to guilt you, right or anything, but I was so busy looking for you, and I was so tired that I didn't even. And he's wearing an almost famous cap too. I didn't even notice him there, and all of his films from fast times to singles to you know to everything like say anything i mean come on say yeah. anything i mean right. huge 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 cameron crow fan and when i saw the picture this was my reaction <laughs> i called my mother hysterical she's like what cameron crow <laughs> and my mom said and i'm like about to cry right now just telling you and my mom says well I can, it what just wasn't your time to meet him. It will happen. I'm like, Mom, I waited 25 years. <laughs> so, um. Oh, God. Okay, well, this is what, okay, well, okay, well, now, now we know. This is what has it. to happen. This is what has to happen. When the show moves, because. Uh, you were the, supposed to open in October, right? Yeah, yeah. The, no, show's, I, the show's, don't worry, the show's going to move. show's going to move, don't worry. I know, I know. When the show moves, um, you'll have to come because Cameron will honestly be there every night. He loves nothing more than just like a hang. That guy loves a hang. And the best, it was actually the best part about doing the show because like we would do these like developmental workshops where like, where the people that would just come into the, we, okay, for example, for example, we're just kind of like dicking around in rehearsal and figuring out like, okay, who's gonna push this road box across the stage? I'm gonna pass a cigarette to this guy. Like he's gonna toss this guitar case and someone's gonna catch it. And all the while, like, then we just kind of turn up and, and, and look and all of a sudden it was like, dude, it's, it's David Crosby. Crosby, Crosby's here right now. Wow. Oh my God, that's just utterly nuts. 
And then like, or like the lead singer from Pearl Jam, like just comes for part, part of rehearsal. As you do. Randomly. <laughs> And then, uh, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give a little something away because like, while we were, because it may not last till the next version, but it happened once when we were rehearsing it, we were in, uh, an actual performance of, um, uh, like one of the end of the invited workshops that we would do. And right before we were about to start Graham Nash came. And, uh, so Graham Nash like gets a seat like up front and we're, and at the time, uh, uh, this would have been one of the last workshops that we did. So it wasn't Casey who played William Miller. It was uh, Colton Ryan, who's going to oh, be yeah. in the Dear Evan Hansen Dear movie. And, yeah. And um, uh, <laughs> he was playing he was playing William Miller and Salea was was Penny Lane. And uh, he started to sing River by Joni Mitchell. And as as he's like singing to her Graham Nash just kind of suddenly perks up tears are streaming down his face and he looks over at Cameron and is like flashes in the AOK symbol and 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 I'm watching this going like this is pretty amazing and then Theo Stockman who is a buddy of mine who was also in the cast at the time the guy he's that friend of yours that knows everything about every musical artist ever you know how there's just some people that are like well in 1974 they came out you know they just know (laughs) and he was like that song he's like that song is about him that song is about him they put in the song to and and he's there and he's watching this and anyway so the whole process was just one kismet moment of kismet after another and you know it kind of just chance to feel like and to get a feel of what it's like to be in the band you know because as actors we all kind of we all kind of get that you know you get what it feels like to to all be there putting something together and making something happen that then fans later take on as their own and appreciate in a whole different way but to the the music industry is one that i'd never really gotten a taste of until doing waitress with sarah and then realizing like, oh, you're you're a pop star. What is that even like? I don't even have a concept of that. And this is like, was just a whole other level of suddenly hanging with Cameron's buddies. Yeah. And Cameron's buddies are people that are rock and roll Hall of Famers. Yeah. Like he, he'll be like, okay, so I just got off the phone with um, Mr. Robert Plant and uh, <laughs> we have to, we're gonna have to make a couple of changes to the song and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you? you just, and you know, and then, but then at the same time, would talk about making making Vanilla Sky, and it was while they only got Cameron Diaz on the days that she was in between shooting Gangs of New York, so all all of her scenes were kind of shot in between there, like that, and and you know, just he's a a wizard, and I I've we should all be so lucky as to like get a big Cameron Crow bear hug because that guy is just the best. He's the best. And I would, I'd follow that man to the ends of the earth. He's awesome. Oh, I love, I love hearing that. Um, you know, as, as a fan, that of wasn't meant to gloat. That wasn't, no, meant to no, no, it didn't, no, it didn't, <laughs> didn't sound at all. Nope. 
going into it also knowing you from waitress and knowing colin from anything goes is basically mm -hmm. the only thing i think i've ever seen him in on broadway um and thinking like i don't you know these guys i don't know how these guys are gonna pull off rock and roll you know what i mean and yeah. um to have had it be so perfect like like i i couldn't before i saw you play jeff bb i couldn't imagine anybody but jason lee playing jeff bb because like that whole larger than life and so i'm like stuttering as i'm trying to explain the feeling of forgetting who you all were as musical theater actors while i was watching that show like that's the best possible result right that's that's what you want you want it to yeah, that is. you all suspended my disbelief so much that i believed you were those characters of this film that i know backwards and forwards so um oh, thank those, you so much thank that's you such, that's such a oh. nice compliment to get and honestly i gotta say it again it's a testament to to cameron and i feel like i've told this story a bunch but colin and i got jersey boys on the same day we moved to New York around the same exact time. And so he and I have known each other forever. And so to kind of suddenly find ourselves in a scenario where we got to to work together like this was great. And you, can, you can't ask for a better like captain of the ship than Jeremy Heron who directed it and Cameron who wrote the book to kind of get everybody in the, in the right world. You know, mm -hmm. so that cast being a, that cast, we, we were like a family and, uh, and a band really. And, um, it was, I think that's, and I think that's what really read to the audience so much more than, um, than, than anything else. It just, we created a really good hang, yeah. you know, and we had the best material with which to do it. Um, the songs that are just killer new songs that were killer yes. a script that that is just airtight and characters that you like know and love that then we just said okay come come hang out with us yeah come see what what it's like yeah to and how messy it really is yeah you know and, and in such a small in such a small um theater as well like i i i always tell people like you know the best part about it for me is that I get to tell people that I saw it in San Diego. I really felt that I was right there in it and um, it felt like a rock show and I just, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, I mean, honestly, it, it's, that's so good to hear. I'm just, I'm just, ha I, cause I think people are going to love it. I think it's one of those that people are really gonna, really gonna love. And mm -hmm. it, it, it does, it has a way of just, and I, I think honestly on the other side of all of this insanity, the kind of a, a show like that is going to be, I, I, I can't wait to see for first and foremost, like what comes out of this on the other side. I think it's, I know a lot of people are really nervous and I, I you know, for one, to be honest, I'm a little bit too, but, but I think part of that nervousness is the excitement and the anticipation of, what those changes are going to be because live performance isn't gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, 
worse epidemics than this, including the plague during Shakespeare's time, which closed the theaters for years, like led to some of the greatest works of art in the English language. So what, imagine how ready people are going to be to, to experience a live event yeah. and a Broadway show for that matter on the other side of this. And, you know, I, I just, I'm glad that we're, that we're going to be here to, to help make that happen. Can't wait. I think my tweet after seeing the show was something like, give Almost Famous all the awards now. I think uh, that, I love my that. tweet was something along those, like I, I, it just, I can't, sorry, I'm gushing so much, but I just, I. I love that you I, took the train because I took that same train so many times back and forth in Los Angeles. And like, it's actually a really nice train ride. It's a great train ride. It, the, yeah. I mean, it, the, the train ride home was hard because at that point I was just like, completely drained you know i was so yeah. tired and then we got delayed on the la we had a change in like when i took it down it was just we didn't have to change trains it was one straight shop from chatsworth going back we had to change in la i think in fact i think i had to change onto a bus oh going god back. but it was it was quite the day it was seven I bought, I bought way too much merch i have a shirt i have a keychain i have a, you know lots of things it's good merch Good the keychain seriously the continental hyatt like that is the best piece of broadway merch i think i've ever bought is that because yeah. it's the, yeah. it's it's like steph it's like the um the room keys at the hyatt the plastic like room the kind of like, oh, sweet. yeah 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 pretty they're pretty neat best piece of merch and i have my it's all happening i got the all, it's all happening and i say it's all happening like on the regular so you know she does you're, do. you're not, she does. <laughs> she does. Uh, <laughs> so she does. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> Our favorites are it's all happening and what is happening. But in yeah, a good way. What, what is happening? Oops. You lost him. Now he's back. It's I'm just admitting him. Hi, welcome to Broadway Babies. This is Drew Galen. <laughs> We're like, it's all happening. No, oh, it's not. He's gone. It's not, <laughs> not, <here>. not happening. <laughs> not happening. So stupid. Uh, 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 oh, man. Okay. But now, back back again, back but again. Now back. Refresh my memory, Noelle, on what the title of that is. Oh, God, I don't know. It's the period Holy thing. Holy crap. <laughs> The menstruation the thing. What is the name of that? Oh. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh my God. Okay, so um Hilarious. So my It was son, like a Valentine's Day thing. I was like, oh let me watch this. Like, yeah. And then I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> Utterly nuts. Utterly nuts. And I was in the bouquets because those I need bouquets were amazing. Um Thank you. My, uh, I agree. The funny thing, I, I was so starving when I was doing that because we, my girlfriend and I were doing Whole30 at the time. And so I was just freaking famished the entire shoot of that, of that day. That's like all I remember of that day. My friend Margot, who played my girlfriend in that, she was uh, Adrian and Rocky mm -hmm. and uh, Tamar of the River uh, off-Broadway and, um, and just did uh, Unknown Soldier at uh, Playwrights Horizons right before... Uh, everything closed down, which was an unpublished Michael Friedman musical. So 
freaking good. But anyway, she runs this very, very wonderful not-for-profit organization, um, the name of which is completely slipping my mind right now, which uh, was aiming to raise awareness for uh, the fact that uh, women's uh, sanitary products are not considered uh, essential mm-hmm. for people who are on public assistance. So, right. which is utterly insane. Absurd. Yeah, utterly, it's utterly absurd. Um, so we, she was like, we're getting together to, uh, we're going to create this, um, this little bit of content as a, as a, something that, that could be given as a gift for Valentine's day, uh, that would, uh, help raise money for this organization. So she asked me to do it and I was like, no questions asked. Absolutely. Anything you ask me to do, I'm in. We had a real, we had a really good time and, uh, you know, it just kind of ended up being uh, a ridiculous day in an apartment in in Harlem while we where we just kind of played around with uh with with you know pads and tampons period products <laughs> it was brilliant i might say oh, um, i must so say um, yeah i i was going through youtube to try to find clips so i could you know see more than i know about you. <laughs> yeah, of course. And um, as a fangirl would. Um, and uh, I happened upon this. It was like a Valentine. It said something about Valentine's Day. And I was like, what is that? So I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, oh this gosh. is cute. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait. It, it's turning. It's turning left. <laughs> it's turning. Um, oh, oh, here it. it is. There was a little nod to Dr. Pometer in that, though. With the piece yes, there was. The piece of paper. Really? There's a piece. Of- oh yeah. The paper. They asked, they asked me to do it. They asked me to do it. They did. I said, you know what? I caught I'm it. Down. I caught it. <laughs> I'm so glad. That was. Oh um, uh, yeah. One of my absolute that 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 really did it for me. It's like I'm gonna like this guy, and I sent it to her. I'm like, you she's like, <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she she te- she texts it to me, um, like to prepare for our interview with you, and she goes, um. I have questions. I, ju- I, I, have I, I have questions. I have questions. I have questions. Uh, racket. Oh Is that it? Racket. I, racket. racket? I, just, I just found it too. There we go. Wait, racket. Let, let me, let, yeah. let's just I, just, I sent it to her and I was like, I have so many questions. I'm just <laughs> not sure if you could, like, like the bouquet in itself is really what did it for me. I was like, um, more men need to give these kind of and, and women oh my not God. be so upset if they get them. I'd be like, yes, uh-huh. exactly. She was amped. because they're not cheap. They're not cheap. Can we just they're talk about cheap. that? They're not. They're not cheap. Not and, cheap. Um, and the fact that they're not covered under, they're not considered essential for for people who need public assistance. It's just absurd is, to me. Yeah, they Yeah, add it to the add it to the list of utterly ridiculous things that. Um, like diapers. Diapers like were diapers. ridiculous. Diapers oh were ridiculous. Oh my God. Just, just hemorrhaging money. It's so crazy with those things. Listen, I was never so glad to see a kid poop on a potty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Life. It was, like, it was yes. a game changer. You're like, we're going to Disney World, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the treats. <laughs> You get all the treats. Oh, oh my man. gosh. Oh man. Okay. I'm down. <clears throat> it's all oh, happening. God. 
I just preach. It's all happening. It's, it's all, all happening. happening. <laughs> it's all happening. Your aura is purple. <laughs> what? Your aura I said is I love you. purple. I said it's purple. <laughs> Racket. Ra yeah, Margaret Seaver started a Racket. wonderful organization called Racket, which aims yes. to improve the so, conversation yeah. about needle hygiene. Great. Yes. Got it. Great. Ladies, look it Punch up. That and gentlemen, preach on Lady Right. Preach on Lady Right. Get her right. <laughs> what are you doing with your quarantine? What do you do? What have you been doing for the last five months? Um, a ton. Um, well, because when when everything kind of shut down, um, I I uh, I became like essentially a full time teacher to my daughter because school went home. So like all of us who have kids, like we kind of essentially became, you know, teachers. Um, and then um, I got a call from my friend, Jason Howland, who wrote the musical Little Women. Oh, and yes. He said, yeah, and he said, hey man, would you be interested in like doing like a, a, a quarantine musical? And he was like, I've got like 12 people. Now everyone's going to kind of shoot in their own homes and stuff. And so, so was born this uh, project that I worked on called A Killer Party. Yes. Which is yes. available for purchase on Vimeo. Um, and uh, we made, a, it's like a nine episode. Each episode's like about nine or 10 minutes long. And there's like two songs in each of them. And it's an entirely original musical. There's a cast album. And oh, all wow. of it was done remotely and everybody, and the great thing is that everybody was compensated um, fairly for their work, including the editors and the musicians and the marketing people. We have a marketing team in Los Angeles and in New York and, um, and it was directed and choreographed and music directed. And I mean, wow. it's, you know, it was a real feat of scheduling, which I think everyone has become very, very good at over this, over this crazy time. But, uh, so my quarantine has essentially been doing green screen musicals in my in my living room here, where I set up a musical back there, and then Jeremy Jordan and I did a duet about cats. <gasps> really? I've got. Um, if you are in the mood for an utterly insane and ridiculous musical theater romp involving Jeremy Jordan and I and large cats, <laughs> then episode seven of A Killer Party is made for you it's made for you awesome. go awesome. check it out <laughs> i will i'm gonna check it out as soon as we hang up <laughs> if any of those buzzwords do anything for you Cat, all of them me, jeremy, Cat, jordan. jeremy jordan all of them. <laughs> then i think uh i think I've, I've got your your next next watch oh yes well i did actually hear about the killer killer party um it was just like yeah. yesterday or the day before um one of the Rigano brothers uh, posted it in a, like a Broadway group that I'm in. And I was like, what is yeah. this? And I clicked on it. And then I, I saw, I did see your, your picture there with the book, whatever the mystery book, everybody's got a different, oh, yeah. a different book. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I definitely will check that out as well. That's totally. My book was a, uh, a Berenstain Bears book. So, <gasps> nice. How did I not <laughs> notice that? <laughs> That just kind of reflects, you know, the reading level that I'm working on right now. <laughs> I love that, you know, this whole project was 
you know, created with was created with all of you guys doing all this stuff, but that you say you were fairly compensated because that's, you know, one of the biggest problems that a lot of us are having during this time is that um, so many of us are being asked to do um, to do things and not be compensated. Well, what are you doing? Any you're not doing anything anyway. Oh, you get, yeah. you get yeah. exposure or experience. And it's like, I just want to be in my pajamas and watch Gilmore Girls, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. But exactly. if you want to but if you want to pay me, I'd love yeah. to. I'm happy to. I'm happy to get dressed from the waist up to come and do anything <laughs> for you, you know, if you if you're gonna pay. Yeah. The virtual background does the rest, right? It just kind of make it happen. That was uh, it, yeah, it made all the difference to suddenly be like, all right, if he, he's like, okay, everyone's going to be fairly compensated, you're, you know, and then everyone kind of it was incentivized then to get work turned in on time, and mm -hmm. and the feat of them kind of having to color correct everything and edit it all together so it looks like people are in the same spaces really pretty incredible and uh i you know it was cool to be a part of it we were really lucky and and like and lucky to be able to um be inspired by stuff during this time too mm -hmm. right because because it's really easy to kind of and i don't know we all like have our good days and our bad days and stuff but but uh you know if you're lucky enough to find yourself on a roll on a good day yeah then you know um you're 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 smart to kind of set up some scheduled things that you know you now feel a responsibility that like you know i i gotta get this thing ready for saturday because people are expecting it and it's nice to it. have something to see honestly it's really nice to know like okay um we jules and i did this thing for our buddies um the other day called the quarantini where we kind of get together and do like a stream yard live show on Thursday nights where we make a cocktail and it lasts exactly an hour. We play like some trivia games. It's like essentially late night at five in the afternoon. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And they were like, you know what? It's been great because we just have given ourselves this task that this is what we do. We do it on Thursdays. And then it's like kind of just gives you something to kind of make time something other than the construct that it actually is, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, like having some, having some structured stuff, we've got our, you know, like our, our show is released every Monday night at midnight. So I've got to finish, yeah. my, I've got to finish my editing by the time it's like dinner time on Monday. And if we didn't have this time in our lives in this pandemic, it wouldn't have happened. So I'm thankful yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like good things are, are, are coming out of it so i and, can't and uh, honestly not just that but like the the two of you having this um kind of time to connect with each other as well as to kind of bring in guests and the rapport that the two of you have um i don't have to t i'm sure i have to tell you this has made me feel very comfortable this has been like the easiest quote interview end quote that i've i've ever done Aww. um because it just it feels easy it feels um you guys clearly are very good at this and i really hope that it's something that you continue to do as uh we're all not stuck indoors but um <laughs> i i think i thank you guys so much for having me on and it's been it's been awesome oh thank you drew so much that that means oh, a lot you. really that's yeah, the utmost compliment thank you well, thank you for being here. You guys, come on. Thank you. <laughs> this, is, this is great. 
you guys are you guys are wonderful interviewers. Thank you so, so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank really. you, Drew. Hope to see you on. in person soon. Yes. Yeah, and I'll be in touch with you about about that. About dinner. the Cameron lunch. I get the it. Dinner. I get yeah, it. I get lunch. it. Dinner. It'll be after it'll be after a night show, let's be honest. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I, I hope to see both of you soon in, in real life. Thank you, Drew. You too. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs> see y'all. Bye. Our guest today has been the amazing Drew Galing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Broadway Babies. I'm Noelle Hannibal. And I'm Stephanie Anderson. And we'll see you next Bye. time. <laughs>